You're listening to Monster of the Week with Timothy from ProDM. And after all of last week's demons, I promise this week we are not talking about demons, okay? No demons in this episode, I squid you not. You can find the Dark Mantle on page 46 of the 5th edition Monster Manual. For those of you unfamiliar with this monster, they are essentially a subterranean flying squid that drops down from a cave ceiling and lands on your face. Yeah, this is one of those monsters. Mechanically, this is a CR 1 half. Uh, it's a small monstrosity. It's got a 30-foot fly speed. It's got good strength score, uh, but low intelligence and low charisma scores. It's got a stealth proficiency. It's got 60 feet of blind sight in addition to an echolocation power. That basically means they can't use their blind sight while they're deafened. It has a false appearance to make it look indistinguishable from a cave formation. And then it has two actions. It's got a, a kind of a long, complicated crush power that's essentially like a, a grab, but it's got a little bit more rules about how it works and how it could potentially suffocate a character. And then it's got a darkness aura once per day where it can summon a 15-foot radius sphere of magical darkness. Yeah, and that is the Dark Mantle. It's um, kind of a simple monster, not as much to talk about this week, but honestly, kind of a nice break from last week's Demon episode and next week's Demon episode. But first, got to talk about the Dark Mantle's history in Dungeons & Dragons, and that is coming up next. Interestingly, the Dark Mantle kind of feels like an old-school monster. It definitely is weird enough, but it actually isn't. The first Dark Mantle, as far as I can tell, appeared in 3rd edition. It really has that kind of Gygaxian feeling, though, so whoever invented the Dark Mantle in 3, good work. Mechanically, they appear pretty much as they do in 5th edition. They've got the improved grab feature, they've got a darkness effect, they've got blindsight, and they're pretty scanty on lore, which is also true in 5e. But they do mention this one baffling phrase... Quote, Scholars believe that the Dark Mantle has recently evolved from a similar but far less capable subterranean predator. And I'm really not sure what that's meant to be in reference to. Like, I don't know, is there a D&D monster that I'm not thinking of that's less capable than a CR one-half Dark Mantle? That is a similar thing? Maybe a piercer, I guess? Could be a piercer. I don't know. But they do then reappear in 4th edition uh, in the Monster Manual 2, where, get this, they are described as emigres, incredible word, from the Shadowfell. Mechanically, uh, they are much more interesting in 4e because, of course they are, they dim lights. Instead of a darkness aura, they have an effect where they dim natural and magical light in a certain distance, which I think is way cooler. Uh, they're vulnerable to radiance, so kind of like a light sensitivity thing. Uh, they have a shadow cry ability that I'm kind of met on, and they can also, they can teleport between shadows, which is cool, but the power is called Dark Jump, one word. And it's, listen, 4th edition, great ideas, cool powers, some of the dumbest names you can imagine. Shadow Cry and Dark Jump. Shadow Cry Dark Jump is the name of my next Dungeons & Dragons character. And that's it. That's the whole history of the Dark Mantle. Even including their 5e appearance, their pedigree is not that long. There's not that much to say about them. And there's not that much lore surrounding them as well, which is something we'll get into in a little bit. 
But first, we're going to talk positively about the 5th edition Dark Mantle and the things we like about its design. Now, I have a weird hang-up when it comes to 5e's monsters. I always want each one to have a unique ability that no other monster has, and the Dark Mantle is one of the rare cases where they actually do that. The crush power that the Dark Mantle has is pretty unique. I can't think of another monster that does it exactly. It's essentially um, an attach power, but they have a caveat that reads, if the target is medium or smaller, and the Dark Mantle has advantage on the attack roll, it attaches by engulfing the target's head, and the target is also blinded and unable to breathe while the Dark Mantle is attached in this way. So it adds this complexity, right? Like you really expect it to kind of drop down like a bag over your head, and they, I think they do a good job of mechanizing that. It's not like the most powerful thing in the world, but it doesn't have to be. It does also have a nice suggested tactic that it's got stealth proficiency, and it gets this extra hit effect if it has advantage, so there's this strong implication of how the Dark Mantle should be attacking its prey. I think it's a pretty solid design. It's not incredible, but I think it works pretty well. Secondly, I really like the nice combo of the creature having a darkness aura and then also having blind sight. I'm a big fan of monsters whose powers kind of synergize with each other, and you can really see how they work in concert. It really makes them feel a lot more like an animal in the natural world if they are like adapted for what they do. I think this is a great example of that. I'm not a big fan of magical darkness because I find that it often creates more confusion even for the monsters than it does advantage, but this is one of the rare cases where the dark mantle is actually able to exploit uh, this magical darkness to its benefit. And I love that. It's a great combo, a nice synergy inside the monster's design. And my last one is a little bit more esoteric. Man, the Dark Mantle is just weird, and I love that. It is a very bizarre monster, and again, really surprised me that it didn't have a longer pedigree, because it feels like an old-school, you know, rust monster, bullet, owl bear kind of a monster, but it just, it just isn't. It's just much stranger and much more modern than I thought. I love the, like, weird ten, like, blind eyes that encircle its head. You know, very, very strange. It, if it sees by echolocation and it has blind sight, what are the function of these weird sightless eyes? I love that it's inexplicably a flying squid. Like, you don't really know, does it, like, sort of palpitate the water like an octopus? Does it spin like a top? Like, how does it fly? It's just such a strange monster. I love how just bonkers this thing is. And those are our three positive traits. I think overall, it's a pretty good monster. There's like a little bit of flavor we could do and a little bit of reflavoring, which we'll talk about. For the most part, mechanically, I think the Dark Mantle works okay. So let's talk about the things that don't work so well in the fifth edition Dark Mantle. I think the Dark Mantle's biggest drawback is that there just isn't much lore here. We get about two paragraphs, and they're basically described as being like natural predators found on the Shadowfell. So they're maintaining the kind of fourth edition Shadowfell connection, which sort of explains the darkness aura, but otherwise there's really not a lot here to grab onto. I don't have a good sense of, does a Dark Mantle eat the prey that it engulfs like this. It feels like a medium creature is like pretty big for a small size monstrosity to eat on its own. Do they gather in groups? Are they solitary? There's just not a lot here lore-wise to go on. And I feel like that's kind of a missed opportunity 
to make this very strange monster just a little bit more engaging. Even in previous editions, there really wasn't much to go on in terms of like where the Dark Mantle comes from or what niche the Dark Mantle fits in in the ecology or how the world relates to the Dark Mantle. It's usually just kind of like, this is the thing that drops on you from above. My second complaint is that I think it's a little weird that they're monstrosities. Boy, you look at this like 10-eyed, 10-tentacled flying squid, and my first assumption is that this is an aberration, right? I think making it an aberration could help give you some lore and give you some flavor and also just feels cleaner. Having it be a monstrosity it takes away some of the, the terror, I think. If this thing is an aberration, it feels like it leans more into this kind of cosmic horror element, and I'm into that. If it's just a monstrosity, it's like this thing lives in the real world. It just seems a little too alien to do that. And you even got this, the art has these interesting depictions of, like, tentacles wrapping around. Like, that feels so aberration to me. I was really surprised to discover it wasn't one. So that, I think, would be a gripe. A tiny, minuscule, silly little gripe. But one, I think, could be a solution to some of our problems, as we'll talk about in a moment. And then the last gripe I have is that I feel like the Dark Mantle occupies the same niche as about three to four other monsters in 5th edition. Um, not all of them are here in the Monster Manual, but the Choker and the Cave Fisher and the Dark Mantle, and the Piercer all kind of feel like they're in the same niche, right? This is a subterranean, usually flying or like aerial ambusher. And I just feel like we have so many of those, right? Like the Darkness Aura is kind of interesting. The attaching is kind of interesting. I feel like it needs to be a little bit more distinct to kind of carve out its niche. Because otherwise, you know, being grabbed by a choker or being snared by a cave fisher or being hit by a falling piercer... They all seem they all seem pretty similar to what the Dark Mantle essentially does. So I think it's just a very crowded space for this kind of a monster. I would love to find a way to carve out a little bit of a deeper niche for the Dark Mantle. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about ways to improve it. I mean, first of all, easiest, I think, give them an aberrant origin. I like the idea that if you make them an aberration, you can immediately add some lore and some flavor that maybe they are used as, like, scenting hounds or something by mind flayers. I like the notion that rather than having them try to eat a target, because, again, that just sort of seems odd to me, that maybe they f they detect thoughts or they feast on thoughts, right? And so they're sent out, you know, either as guards or sentries around, you know, illithid enclaves, and they drop down and they can kind of drink the thoughts of the people they attack, so you could change their damage. Yeah, maybe you're suffocating, but they're also taking psychic damage. Give them more of an aberrant origin. In my setting, in my in my home setting, Dark Mantles almost have kind of a brain slug from Futurama thing, where they drop down onto your head and they can, like, steer your body around. They're not very good, like, infiltrators, because obviously you'd have this big stupid octopus on your head. But it's meant to be, like, you know, more of a body snatchers, you know, kind of robotically steering the body than it is, like, to actually infiltrate. That might be too far from the actual concept of the Dark Mantle for the purposes of the podcast, but I would say you could maybe do that if they reduce the target to zero hit points with their psychic damage. Right, that could be kind of cool. Right now, they can puppet the body around like it's a zombie, and that changes the way the Dark Mantle works. Maybe you make a version of the Dark Mantle where it has like a thrall that it's seated upon that it kind of steers around. And then lastly, I really liked the 4th edition's vulnerability to Radiant. I think you could bring something like that back. Maybe give them sunlight sensitivity and replace their darkness aura with a, an ability to douse lights, things like that. I'm not sure exactly how, how you would make that work. Maybe they're blind in the presence of light, or they have a radiant vulnerability, or something along those lines. But I like the idea that these are creatures of darkness. 
that might lean more into a Shadowfell origin, but I'm always in favor of giving creatures vulnerabilities, and I'm always in favor of those vulnerabilities being more than simply damage types. So if they are called Dark Mantles, I like the idea that they have some kind of aversion to the light. Great, and that concludes our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We will be back next week with another episode. We are once again going back to the Demon Mines, and we'll be talking about, I think, four demons next week. So it's going to be a big, chunky episode. Go check that out. We'll be covering the Dark Mantle on our stream, so come up by Thursdays, 2 p.m. on our YouTube channel to see us talk about how we want to redesign the Dark Mantle for 5th edition. Um, But until then, all squidding aside, thank you for listening, and happy adventure. Monster of the Week is a ProDM production. You can find us on Twitter at ProDMTimothy. If you like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Even $1 a month grants you access to the redesigned monsters that we discuss here on the show. You can find us at patreon.com slash ProDM. You can also catch those monster redesign streams Thursdays at 2 p.m. on our YouTube channel. The music used was Rainbow Ride and Waves by Azure Flux, used under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, international Creative Commons license. Check out their work at azureflux.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.